Facebook ramps up security ahead of U.S. elections. Snap earnings offer mixed picture with future upside. Snapchat launches dynamic ads. Twitter earnings disappoint. And Facebook news debuts. It's Monday, October 28th, 2019. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 383 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 383 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories are might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and oh boy, we have a lot to get through this week. So I'm not going to waste any time. I'm just going to dive right into it. First, we're going to talk about a very light subject, the U.S. elections. All right, so Facebook. Facebook announced a slew of steps it's taking ahead of the 2020 U.S. presidential election to keep the platform from being used to manipulate results. Seems like a noble goal. Mark Zuckerberg, he announced that 35,000 people are now working on the platform security with a budget in the billions of dollars. One of those updates is Facebook Protect. So this is a feature for officials, candidates, and uh, political staff to further protect their accounts thanks to both two-factor authentication as well as ongoing monitoring of any suspicious activity associated with the accounts. There's also a new tab being added to pages called Organizations That Manage This Page. This this tab, it provides, it features everything from the confirmed page owner, that name, legal names, verified cities, phone numbers, and websites for those involved in managing the page. Pages with large U.S. audiences that are verified businesses, along with pages authorized to run political and social issues ads, those are going to be part of this organizations that manage this page tab effort. Pages found to be concealing ownership, they're going to be required to complete a verification process. So Facebook is keeping a lookout on anyone who could potentially run any political or social ads. Media outlets that are at least partially controlled by their governments, those are going to be tagged and labeled as such as being tied to a government or partially controlled by a government. Facebook and Instagram, they're also adding more prominent labels on content rated as false or partially false by third-party chat fact checker checkers. These labels, they, they will appear above photos and videos as well as on stories with links to the fact checkers and why they found a certain piece of information to potentially be misleading. Users who share debunked content, they'll be shown a pop-up letting them know the content has been debunked before they share it. So maybe they'll think twice before sharing it. Even when it is shared, any content that has been shown to be false will have reduced distribution. So in other words, fewer people are going to have the potential to see that content, even if it's shared from someone's personal network. Uh, Beyond that, any content, content that is detected to be suppressing voters, that's going to be proactively detected and removed. Finally, Facebook is updating its ad library API. And what that's going to do, it's going to better allow journalists, researchers, officials to download all ads that a page has posted on the Facebook platform. Those ads will be accompanied with scripts, and those scripts are going to make identifying the content in the ads that much easier. 
All of this was accompanied with the announcement that Facebook has removed accounts spreading misinformation on behalf of both the Iranian and Russian governments. All right, that was a lot. It's a pretty impressive, pretty comprehensive list of updates and actions being taken by, by Facebook. The actions, like overall, they're pretty, pretty encouraging, but results will be what speaks volumes. Facebook's been pretty much, been, it's really been part of the problem when it comes to these issues in the United States and abroad. So these steps are really Facebook minimizing the problems that it, it maybe not doesn't cause, but certainly... Uh, helps along. The actions aren't overall good, but Facebook has been an unreliable protagonist here. We should be pleased with these steps being taken, but we should be committed to ongoing accountability and expect to be asking that from Facebook moving forward. All right, let's shift gears and talk about earnings because it was also earnings week for a lot of companies, uh, including Snap Inc. So this week, Snap Inc., they shared their Q3 earnings report And everyone was wondering if the service going into the report with shares up more than 150% over last year could maintain the momentum it's had so far in 2019. And the answer is kinda. Snap revenue beat forecasts with $446 million. It was also able to beat global daily active user numbers, ending the quarter with $210 million daily active users. It even exceeded average revenue per user forecast with $2.12 per user. Where it fell short was its revenue forecast for Q4. So it's not expected to exceed expectations in Q4, which raised some doubts that it could continue the momentum it's seen in 2019. Snap attributed this conservative forecast to the fact that there's one less week between Black Friday and the end of the holiday shopping season, which is Snap's peak demand time period. Uh, the forecast, it made investors nervous, but what what's interesting is Snap showed it continues to excel where it needs to, where it hadn't up until basically 2019 almost, and that's user numbers. Snapchat's revamped Android version that continues to bring in new users, especially from outside the US. That growth in users plus Snapchat's ability to monetize those users through higher engagement in Discover, for example, that puts Snap in pretty much the best position it's been in a while. So maybe it is going to fall short of expectations in Q4, but it does seem to have at least the ingredients to have success in from a more long-term perspective. All right. Speaking of Snapchat, let's just talk about our next story, and that's a dynamic ad. So dynamic ads are officially coming to Snapchat. These ads, they let advertisers automatically generate ads using their product catalogs. It then serves those ads to users that Snapchat's algorithms deem will find most relevant. According to Snapchat, quote, dynamic ads now now brings automated personalization to the platform, opening new ways to scale and drive impact very easily, unquote. The ads will take product images and build them into built-in templates, leading to different variations depending on where the ads are displayed within Snapchat, whether it's within Stories or Discover or another placement. Advertisers have found dynamic ads to be some of the best performing ads that they run on other platforms like Facebook. So in order to be competitive, they're necessary that Snapchat 
offer these ads. Of course, dynamic ads come with trade-offs in that they sacrifice creativity and originality for speed and scale. So it's important for advertisers embracing dynamic ads to make sure they balance them out with ads designed to drive attention, drive brand awareness, drive uh, brand relevance. That said, dynamic ads, they're attractive. They're tied directly to a business's product catalogs. They update automatically as the product catalog is updated automatically uh, or updated, and they're served up to what Snapchat says is the right audience. So they're kind of set it and forget it sort of ads, and that's really what makes them most attractive. All right, let's keep going down this earnings track for our next story and talk about Twitter because Twitter's Q3 earnings, they did not impress Wall Street this week. And honestly, they kind of sounded disappointed in themselves. While, while they reported revenue up 9% over last year, reaching $824 million, it missed expectations and admitted that its ad business was hampered by an error with its mobile application promotion product. This error made it unable to target ads as well as share data on ads with measurement and ads partners. That's not good when your entire revenue model is based on advertising. Twitter attributed its disappointing quarter to that as well as seasonality swings that were maybe more significant than had been anticipated. Twitter's had some impressive quarters as of late, so as a as a company, they're eventually going to miss revenue expectations after having such impressive previous quarters. But the problems with their ad product, like, that's a bit more concerning given, given that that's their business model. It goes without saying that Q4 is a pretty big deal, the holiday season. So hopefully for Twitter, as well as advertisers that will be relying on Twitter, the NQ4, hopefully those issues have been dealt with. Okay, let's talk about our last story because this one came in on Friday. Uh, the anticipated Facebook news, it's launched. So this news hub that I've been talking about on the podcast for a while, it's it's going to host news from publishers. It's going to drive users to publishers' websites, and it's going to pay some of those publishers at least for their content. So right now we have the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, BuzzFeed, CNN, Bloomberg News, and others are all signed up to participate in this initiative to be featured in the Facebook News tab. Facebook News is the latest of a long record of news initiatives from Facebook that have included things like instant articles and watch. But publishers, understandably, they've pretty they've cooled quite a bit on Facebook when it became clear that Facebook was profiting off of their content while they earned very little. News aims to do things differently, at least a little bit differently. First of all, it plans to surface content from maybe quote-unquote credible news organizations. Uh, this is meant to address past lapses in which misinformation spread on Facebook from legitimate news sources. Uh, second, and and the reason I say uh, quote-unquote legitimate, Breitbart is in there. So these, these news organizations that are part of this Facebook news initiative, they're not without controversy. There are questions around the credibility of news organizations like Breitbart that have been brought into the fold of this platform. Second, uh, many of the 200 media publishers on Facebook news, they will be paid directly, meaning they're not merely hoping hoping that providing content will lead to revenue. Others, unfortunately, will be participating on that hope that the Facebook that Facebook news leads to site traffic that they can monetize. But for the most part, or at least more significantly than ever before, news organizations will be paid directly by Facebook for their content. 
Third, we have a team of journalists that Facebook has hired, and they're going to be selecting articles manually to be featured in the services today's stories section. Facebook's kind of taking a break from algorithms to make Facebook news a more responsible curator of news. Time will tell if this time is different for news on Facebook, but you know we'll see. Practice makes perfect with these sorts of things. Uh, at least that's probably what that's what Facebook is telling itself anyways. All right, enough about that. That's it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit a few things that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. So messaging app Kick, remember that? That was supposed to be shut down, but now it appears to be here to stay. The app has been acquired by holding company Media Lab. In order to make the acquisition work, Media Lab, which owns a range of apps, including Whisper, uh, it's going to be bringing ads to the service. So Kick will be getting ads, while also committing to making it faster and more reliable. Kick was going to be shut down, so founder Ted Livingston could focus on cryptocurrency as well as alleviate some pressure from the SEC, but Kick is back. Facebook's making further tweaks to organic content shared by pages. Now, organic content will be filtered like paid ads so that Facebook will filter out repeat organic impressions occurring within a specific time time frame. This means users will, will be less likely to see a post multiple times, and that in turn leads to lower organic impressions. Google announced that it developed a quantum computer capable of completing a mathematical calculation that today's supercomputers couldn't complete in 10,000 years. This Google computer did it in 3 minutes and 20 seconds. Google submitted a paper on the achievement to the science journal Nature. There's no telling what this means for the future of computing, but the way scientists are talking about it, uh, people who are much smarter than than me, they likened it to the Wright brothers' first plane. It wasn't all that useful. It wasn't an, an incredible success, but it showed what's possible, and it was the first step into something much, much bigger. We wouldn't be flying like we are without that first step the Wright brothers took. This is that. All right, and Mark Zuckerberg, he appeared before Congress this week to defend Facebook's proposed digital currency, Libra. Zuckerberg warned that if the U.S. doesn't act, other countries will. He even opted to make the the Libra even more dollar-centric than it already is. But Libra wasn't the only thing on representatives' minds. Facebook sins, they were on full display as Zuckerberg was grilled for foreign interference in U.S. elections, misinformation on the platform, race and gender disparities, privacy practices, and political advertising policies. Zuckerberg did not look prepared. He did not perform well, uh, and he kind of, I think he thought he was going to be talking about Libra, but they they questioned him really well and held him accountable for quite a bit uh, during during the the congressional testimony. So we'll see where it goes from here, but Libra is not looking good. All right, that is it for episode 383 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I want to hear from you. Send questions, comments, let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at TWigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also find my personal thoughts on marketing at braveatworld.com, occasionally at least. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveatworld.com.